Welcome back, everybody, to Thoughts in the Shade. It's episode 59. Mike Mamola. Episode 59. Um, yeah, it's a big week. College football is back. We had week zero this past weekend. I threw out a couple plays. Bomb, Bomb did not. He's waiting for the real action. Real action. You know, week zero doesn't count in my book. Got to be week one. Yeah, I went under 500, one and two. We did We did get the one. So Should have faded the G. Fade the G. It paid. We posted it. It's uh, it's on the record books. But, yeah, we just we got to dive right in. We got a lot to get to. Uh, and we got some stuff to get to before we get to college football. Um, so let me just ask my co-host here, Bomb, how was the weekend, man? I don't know if you really want to know that. Um, <laughs> you know, solid weekend, but I got a lot of opinions on things, and I figured I'd come on here and just blow some steam. So your boy, Bomb. That's what we're here for. Yeah, uh, gets gets Philly's tickets for Saturday night for the uh, the better half and and her parents and her brother. So we're planning on heading to that that Saturday Pittsburgh Pirates game, right? Six oh five start. I haven't been to a Phillies game in over four years. Let me tell you about the last time I went to a Phillies game. Here we go. The team was in the toilet, of course. Twenty eighteen, terrible. Uh, I got tickets because they had the uh, the old Dominion concert after the game. And I come back to the to the truck uh, after the game. My buddy Sweetness, his his truck is keyed. Uh, he's, he drives a, a black F one fifty. His truck is totally keyed. Uh, and he goes, "Yeah, check your truck." I check my truck. Everything looks good. I wake up the next morning, go out to the driveway. I could see it in the daylight. Truck totally keyed. Uh, the Philly scum got to me. This was four years ago. Four years ago. Okay. So I haven't been. I contacted the K-Lot, you know, Eagle Security, no video. You know, Jeffrey Lure, you'd think with all the fucking solar panels and all the wind turbines, he'd have a fucking security camera hooked up to something, but your boy Bomb was out of luck. So, four years later, I finally get that sour taste out of my mouth, and it's time to get in, uh, watch the Pittsburgh Pirates get pummeled by the Philadelphia Phillies, and the team's good this year, and... You buy the power tickets with the extra twelve bucks on them, and you're all geared up. Get you yeah. half a beer. Get you, yeah, get you half a beer. You 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 got the marine cooler loaded up with ice. You stop at the Philly Soft Pretzel Factory over in New Britain. They load you up with a dozen pretzels. Oh, you going down to the game? I'm wearing the old school Lenny Dykstra jersey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you have a good time, man. You have a good time. They're hot. They're hot. So you're all geared up. You're ready to. <laughs> you're ready to have a good time. And. uh you know, I got the cooler in the back of the truck. I got the pretzels ready to go. And uh, it's like, it's almost fucking immediate. All right. You're driving down 309. You turn right. You're entering into Mount Airy. And like, it's like the minute you see that welcome to Philadelphia sign, that faded red and blue welcome to Philadelphia sign with the fucking lettering peel. You know what I'm talking about, right? Faded as shit, lettering peeling off. It's like the minute you cross that border, I mean, it might as well be the fucking Donbass region of Ukraine. I mean, the first thing I see, I'm in a, I'm in a, there's a four lane road. There's a guy in a turning lane. His car stalled out. There's a police officer behind him with the lights flashing. All he needs to do is get out of the car, push it literally 10 feet into a parking lot. Now he's sitting there on his phone. You wheel around that guy. Then you get on 76. Now 76 backed up. Right? Always. This, this is at like 3 o'clock. Not even 3 o'clock. This is at like 2.30 on a Saturday. It's not an Eagles game. I mean, we're going out for a Phillies game. And we're going out early. It's not like there's a ton of tailgating. And it just jammed. And like, you finally get to the point. Well, why is it jammed? Why is it jammed? And it's like, 
some stiff in like a, a 1997 Mitsubishi on four fucking donut tires stalled out in the left lane, right? So now you get around him, okay, and you're driving down. You know, you got the the, the Schuylkill and Boathouse Row in the left-hand side. You're looking forward. Oh, there, there's the skyscrapers. We're almost there. You know, uh, you, you're, you're driving past University City, and you get down into the parking lot. You finally, so we ended up tailgating. You know, they don't they don't allow tailgating in the Phillies parking lot, so you got to go to the Wells Fargo, okay? So I pull in, and, hey, wait, what do I owe you, pal? It's, that'll be 22. All right, great. Let me just bend over with no lube again. So <laughs> you, 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 you pay the guy the 22, and you turn left into the parking lot. And, again, nobody there. And, uh, you know, I back the truck into a spot. I, uh, I, you know, turn the mirrors in. I open the door. I get out of the truck. I'm not even to the fucking tailgate before there's a bum in my face, literally maybe three feet away, saying, hey, man, um, sorry to bother you, but do you have a couple bucks? Like, sorry, pal, I don't have cash. No, I just gave them all to the parking attendant. You know, it's like, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Like, I mean, it's, you know, look, I feel bad for that guy, but the, the fact of the matter is, you know, you're, 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 it's like, I don't even know how to describe it. You're, you know, it's like you're, you're crossing, uh, uh, rivers and mountains and, uh, you know, all these issues to get to this fucking stadium where they just bend you over for 22 and, and there's no security. And literally the minute, the minute my foot hits the pavement, there's a guy in my face asking me for cash. I mean, am I crazy? This is, is it, in is the it, Wells Fargo lot? Is it getting, is, is it part of just getting older or, 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 or is the city just, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable to me how, how ridiculous it is. I mean, you get it, you get down there, you work all week, you get down there, you, you try to spend some cash, you want to go to the game. And like, I don't even know if I feel comfortable bringing like a 12 year old kid down there, to be quite honest. I mean, you would know best. You, uh, you lived down in South Philadelphia for a few years. You're I mean, talking to a guy. Yeah. You're talking to a guy who went to high school in North Philadelphia, went to college and lived off campus in West Philadelphia. Lived after college in South Philadelphia. So this isn't a me issue, okay? I got I got plenty of tolerance. I got plenty of my bullshit meter is pretty well tuned to city living. But let me tell you, man. I mean, going down to like a Phillies game uh, and and trying to like, you know, tailgate or do anything. I mean, literally the last time I went, my fucking truck, truck got keyed. This time, my, my foot hasn't even hit the sidewalk. And I'm I'm getting I'm getting panhandled for cash. Yeah, I mean you you've observed it for uh, probably the better part of a decade. So I mean, if anyone knew if it was getting better or worse or seeing taking note of things, you'd be the guy. I mean, it's it, it just it, it it's stunning to me. I mean, why do we put ourselves through this? It's enough to watch it on TV and just watch the teams just blow week in, week out, day in, day out. Then you get down there and you get the full experience. You know what I mean? So, oh, we, got, yeah. so we got the um, we got the tickets, right? We're, <laughs> you'll get a kick out of this story. We, get, we go in, you know, you get all geared up and they, you know, yeah, 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 that'll be two, uh, two Bud Lights. Oh, that'll be 35 bucks, whatever the fuck it is, right? Swipe, swipe. You're just swiping away. And uh, so we get to our seats and I go up to the seats and we're, we're seats three through eight or whatever it is, right? Three through eight. So a couple in from the, from the first couple seats. Well, there's kids like younger kids, like high school, college kids that are sitting like on the, let's just say seats seven and eight, but there's not a ton of people like in, in this particular section. So 
like a normal person, what you do is you just sit near your your seat, right? Yeah, until it gets full, and then until it gets everybody full, figures it out. And then everybody figures it out. That's, that's listen, hey, man, I'm not crazy. So I'm in seat one. My real seat should be seat three. We're sitting there. I think it's the bottom of the second inning. And uh, I hear this booming voice, probably five steps above the row we're in, just barreling down the steps, just a booming voice. And I could just tell this guy's yelling at me. Wasn't Tom McCarthy? Uh, it, well, I'll get to that. <laughs> I could just tell this guy's yelling at me. And uh, he's walking down to row number five and seat number one and two. It's an older guy. He's all geared up with his drinks, you know, the sodas and the and the the popcorns and little Johnny, his grandson's got a, you know, an ice ice cream in a hat, and uh, he's like yelling at me. I mean, he goes, "I'm gonna need to see your tickets because I've been to." Every home game, sitting in seat number one, row 330 fucking one, since this stadium opened. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, I got the, the broken down vehicle in Mount Area. I got the, the little hoopty in the left lane on 76. I got the, 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 the bum, you know, accosting me the, the minute I... Get to the get to the damn a lot, and now I got this guy right in my ear, right, just right in my ear, just going off, and I just look at the guy, I give him a look, and uh, and then I look back to my left, I say, hey, you know, let's let's move down a few, uh, we're 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 seats three, so we move down, and uh, I didn't I didn't say anything, I was in, the, you know what I mean, I kept it together, you know me, in the presence of. Uh you know, the other side of the family. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, the other thing, too, was, like, this guy, you know, well, let's say maybe early 70s, late 60s, kind of an older guy. You could tell, like, you know, you know, I'll get into this in a second, but, like, you could tell he's one of those guys where it's, like, that's his fucking only thing that he's got going on. Yep. He's got his grandson there who's probably 15. What am I going to do? Am I going to say something in front of his grandson? No, I'm just going to, you know, just, just move to the left. We'll move over. You're going to end up on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want. Look, I don't want to show anybody up in front of their grandchildren. Whatever. Look, whatever. I don't. You know, whatever. I, personally, I think the way you need to handle it is, hey, um, would you mind checking your ticket? I think I'm seat one. I have season tickets at, at Lincoln Financial Field. Do yeah. I go up to a guy and say, oh, I'm fucking seat fourteen, row two forty four, row eleven? You know, no. You say, hey, man, I think I'm. I know I'm that seat. But you still say, I think. Yeah. Hey. I, would you mind? Yeah. Can can we compare tickets here? We, like, exactly. Let, let's just, yeah, be, be civil, be uh, courteous. You know, don't come barreling down the stairs. Like, was this guy behind you? And yeah, you, behind you, me. And you, so he was yelling at you before you even, like, made eye contact. He was yelling at me <laughs> on the on the plateau above the plateau next to me. He's, <laughs> he's, he's at row 11. I'm in row 5. He's already yelling, and I know he's yelling at me. <laughs> right? And by the way. I mean, the seats weren't terrible, but to be the guy that says I've sat there every game since the stadium opened, I mean, that's just, that's his pride and joy. Kind of fucking sucked. I mean, like, come on, man. Like left field would be great, you know. Behind him play would be great. You said it. It's but, all he had. But uh, he, he, he. You know, we moved to the left. He sits down. He immediately 
and I mean immediately. Let's go, Phillies. Punts his Coca-Cola. What do you mean he punted? <laughs> he slammed slammed his ass down, and the Coke goes flying. Oh, no. Right down the steps. It's karma for him. So then you, dude, I literally, you know, I got my better half. She goes, oh, my God, I feel so bad. I go, well, you know, I really don't. I mean, that was like instant <laughs> karma. I mean, and she goes, oh, you should get him a drink. I should get him a drink. He should get me a drink. The guy's a total dick. So, I mean, it's just... And I sit there and I just look at it and I witness it and and and, and you just can't help think to yourself like, why, why do I do this? Why do I come down here to, to watch these godforsaken teams in the presence of total assholes in the city of Philadelphia? You drove through the Donbass region to get there. You paid 22 bucks. I guess what? On Eagle Sunday, it's like 60, 50, whatever the hell it is. I mean, why do I do it? I, sh- I should just, I should just stay home. And just watch it on TV. I'm with you, man. I mean, I, I lived down there for four years. You lived down there for, like we said, 10 or more. And I feel like I have a, a strict rule. I think it's known amongst the people that I associate with that it's sports complex or bust for me at this point in the city. And now after hearing that story, it sounds like, I mean, I'm not going to say it's bust. You know, you get Eagles tickets or something like I'd go Phillies, nice night. I'd go, but I'm I'm not gonna feel like I'm missing out if I'm not gonna if I don't make an Eagles game this year or anything. You know what I'm saying? I'm at the point now where I'm uh, obviously I'm re-upped for this year. Are you ready to sell? I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be that guy next year. This might be it for the bomb. This could two forty four. This could be it. We better bring us a good year then, man. Got to go out on top. Let's do it. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. Am I crazy though? No, no, I don't think you're crazy. It's just, uh, I don't know. Some people are just like pie in the sky and happy to be down there and amused with the fanatic and the stadium and, you know, the the bell lighting up and swinging back and forth and everything. So maybe, maybe we're the crazy ones. I think there's a lot of people out there like us, and I think there's a lot of people out there that are just pie in the sky, happy to be in the city of brotherly love, man. But I didn't mention at the top, we have a quick uh, quick guest appearance coming up in the show. And he's actually on the record as, as calling Interstate 76 the worst road in America. <laughs> I would agree with that. I mean, it's it's horrific. Yeah, it doesn't matter what day, what time. You're, you're always slowed down. At some point, it's just, it's terrible. Um, I don't know if you had anything else to get to from the weekend. No, no, no. I, uh, yeah. The only other thing I had to get to about the game day experience, right? So, <laughs> you know, who am I kidding? I'm sitting here bitching about being at the game. The one fucking benefit about being at the game is you don't have to hear uh, Tom McCarthy and uh, John Crook on the call, or so I thought. So you get up, you go, you go to, you go to take a leak, you know, in the seventh inning or whatever the hell it is. You hear his voice. He does promos. Over the loudspeaker, like out on the concourse. Hi, Phillies fans. This is Tom McCarthy. Did you know we've brought Ocean City to Citizens Bank Park? That's right. The official pizza of the Philadelphia Phillies is Mac and Manko. So grab yourself a slice. I mean, this guy can't help himself. He's on every food promo. I mean, he's probably doing the dollar dog promos, Deets and Watson, the Schmitter, the crab fries. I mean, I can't escape the guy. It's awful. 
You knew, they knew you were coming down, so they fired fired Dude, that one up. I thought I had like a target on my back, just so like you know, just like fuck with me today. You know what I mean? Like it's just unbelievable. Bombs day at the at the yard didn't didn't go as uh, as smooth or yeah, smooth as expected. But yeah, <laughs> now 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 maybe you'll uh, you'll you'll take some solace and sitting back and listening to T Mac and Crocker and Ruben. You know, in the comfort of your own home. I think I'm at the point now where I just need like a ranch with like a hundred acres, and like you're you're the old guy that sits on the porch with a thing of a sweet tea on the rocking <laughs> chair, and he's got Fransky in L.A. on the on the radio. Hey, I've been a proponent of Fransky all year. Um, but yeah, the, I guess the last thing I'll say about that, and I, I've also said this to people, and I I, I said it to. Uh, Said it to some some old ladies in the neighborhood the other night. I said I'd I'd rather live in in Bumblefuck in Central PA than than live in Philadelphia anymore. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But who knows? I'd rather. <laughs> this is not hyperbole. I'd rather be fucking Amish than living <laughs> in the city of Philadelphia. We'd have to do a deep dive on that one for me. I I, I don't know enough about about the Amish, but. They're out in the sticks, man. It's quiet, peaceful, probably, right? So yep. you don't have that in, in Philadelphia anymore. Uh, one thing I, I just wanted to mention from the weekend, I don't know if you caught any of the tour championship. I caught it. Rory McIlroy, the $18 million man. Well, he's a lot more than that, but became $18 million more rich or richer. A lot of dominoes, folks. On Sunday, yeah, Scheffler, uh, you know, with the the pre pre tournament strokeage, he had the, the two stroke lead. I think he was up up five or six at one point on on Sunday. He choked. He choked. McElroy comes back, but it's ironic that I'm I'm going to call the Tour Champ, you know, the FedEx Playoff Player of the Year, whatever the hell you want to call him. Uh, he's actually my stiff of the week, and as we go forward in football season, we're gonna we're gonna be calling out some stiffs of the week. But Rory Rory McIlroy is my stiff of the week this week. Uh, I know it's ironic, but I think it was the seventeenth hole. You know, the him and Scheffler are tied at the top. This guy hits his tee shot into the, into the fairway bunker. Now, the approach shot, he, he's in the bunker. You know, he he gets it really good. You can hear it on TV. It comes out really good, and uh, this, this guy he twirls the club. I mean, it was pure. So I mean, I, I get I get the twirl, but the, but then you get the the camera, the TV camera pans to the green. You don't see the ball hit the green. You just see the spectators all like scrambling and getting out of the way. This guy flew the fucking green by like, or flew the flag by like twenty thirty yards, and almost committed like a murder on the golf course in no Atlanta. Four. If that was DeChambeau, there'd be you know he would have been uh, you know uh, sacrificed. You know, but uh, you know, on a, on a crucifix. I mean, there was no four. He's club twirling. Yeah, cl- club twirling uh, amidst a shot that could potentially knock somebody out. You know, concuss them, murder them. Uh, and this guy's in the bunker twirling the club. You know, strutting up the hill, eyeing it up. He almost killed somebody out there. And then the third shot. You know, the the people get out of the way. He gets back there. And he hits this little flopper, but the the greens running downhill. The thing, if it did, it hits the flag stick and like slows down and gets like six or eight feet. But Christ, if it didn't hit the flag stick, uh, he would have been lucky to make a five and and have the hole with Scheffler and, and go to eighteen tied. Um, so I I just thought, did you notice before the flop shot 
So the people, you know, gave him kind of like the parting of the Red Sea so we could yep. hit the flop shot. He turned around and he was like motioning at a guy because there was a a little shadow. It wasn't near his ball. It was like two feet to the right peripheral vision. Yeah, it was, and he's like pointing at the shadow. Like, buddy, come on, man. Like, what are we doing here? Bring him out to the loo where there's motorcycles shooting off. There's, you know. That anything goes at the loo. You wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, th- that was the other thing I said uh, on 18. You know, he hits that bomb. He's got, I don't know, 220 or 240 in on the par five, and he, he duck hooks it left of the green. It hits the grandstand. and then the, went in. And, th- and then the guy gets relief from the, the grandstand. and uh, He's trying to drop it in the short stuff. Oh, we let it roll. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like, man, if, if only the Lou had a grandstand, you know, I, I, my handicap would be down like six shots. You know, I'd just be get, getting uh, bounces off of uh, grandstands and dropping it in the short grass and, and everything. It, it was unbelievable. But now the thing I, I wanted to bring to light was just I'm sitting there watching this guy hits a ball into a crowd of people and, and he's twirling the fucking club. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, golfer of the year, whatever the hell you want to call him, tour champ. You know, he's he's got three of those now, more than Tiger. He was gushing about that on the PGA Tour Instagram, but... Um, Stop it. Now, he's uh, he, he's my stiff of the week. Like, that's just something that you would see at, at any any public track with a bunch of stiffs out there playing as, like, a club twirl for something that was flush, but What did you think horrible. of Scheffler on 18? Because that, that little chip shot that he hit was one of the most disgusting, pathetic, had-to-have-it moments. Like, Phil Mickelson at Marion has to have it, runs it past the hole. Uh, you know, I give I give the guy credit. Yeah, the whole the whole before I think uh, Sung Jay did the same thing because he had a chance. Yep, and he was in like a similar spot. And th- I mean, that stuff looked pretty thick, and they had like two bunkers to fly. But like, I feel like most days you you see those guys put it to three, four, five, six feet. Um, but they they were talking about it on the broadcast like the the money differences. Yeah, at, at stake uh, at that moment, like Christ, you and I play for twenty. 40 whatever you know a couple shackles in the grand in the grand scheme and you know we we blow up or it gets the nerves going i mean these guys got 12 million dollars at stake the fact of the matter is this is not hyperbole i don't think my nerves would differ at all like if you if you drop me because our our matches i mean it's it's not just it's not just the cash that's on the line it's the bragging rights yeah it's really not the cash at all it's just the ability to come on here and smash this guy the next week on the pod so like you know to think i gotta do this to make that i gotta i gotta make this putt i gotta get this one close i gotta do i honestly think if you drop me you know they want more viewers pga wants more viewers we gotta differentiate against the live take a stiff like us Drop us in the moment. Remember like the old NCAA football games where you play the Heisman moment <laughs> and you got to be Cordell Stewart and make the 80-yard pass down the field and you, that's how you move on to the next round. Well, they got the new PGA video game coming out, I think. I think they should drop any anyone between a 5 and a 15 into these moments and just be like, can this guy make par? And then he wins a million dollars. What do you think? I think that'd be great for viewership. Just you, the, you could be you know, like the bum of the week. Come on and just like, yeah. try, to try to make par in the biggest moment. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 the real bum of the week. Um, but now nah, Rory McIlroy, tour champ. I eight, like it. Eighteen million dollar win. 
still stiff, st- stiff move of the week. Um, and you know PGA was begging for that. They had to have Rory as their winner. I mean, it was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm start- it, it's sad because I feel like at this point in time, I'm kind of pro PGA and pro tour or whatever. Uh, not that I'm, like, heavily invested or upset at any of the live shit, but I kind of liked how McElroy was kind of starting to chirp this year and, he, and playing well and backing it up with the talk. But then, like, f- for, for the way the way that season ends is just, like, not rigged, but it's just, like, you know, it was the perfect ending for, for the PGA, and, and they needed it now more than ever. Everybody makes out. Uh, Xander Shaffley cashes his check and doesn't win shit. You know, he's just he, – he, oh, dude, don't get me started. All right, we'll we'll uh, keep it moving. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it moving. I, I know you could you could go into a bomb on Xander Shoffley, but you came in hot tonight. You came in hot tonight. You know, we we ran down right to the studio. Bomb's like, let's get this shit going. And he said, fuck the script, fuck the, fuck the outline. I got to talk about this Phillies game, and I got to give this bone to pick of the week. So, with that, bomb's bone to pick of the week, folks. Man, well, I feel like I sufficiently went in on the city of Philadelphia, its residents, its fans, the people, the roads. But I can't say I blame all those people, Jay. I think it could have been just the psychology, the the the, the uh, uh, mindset I was in as I was driving these roads. I have WIP on, okay, and uh, the the. The show that's on is uh, the Go Bird Show. So it's uh, ESP and James Seltzer. And I'm, again, stuck behind this Mitsubishi with four donut tires on. And uh, I'm just so sick and tired of, like, the new age, newfangled young guys on in sports media, on the radio, who call everybody. Here's the bone. They call everybody, every athlete, every coach by the first name. Jalen's going to have a big year. AJ's going to have a big year. It's not Sanders. It's Miles. You know, and, and, then, and then you got ESP talking about, oh, I'm, up, I'm upset that training camp's over. It's my favorite time of year. What the fuck are we talking That's about? That's because he's like a wannabe like stat tracker because he yeah. keeps stats for four weeks at training camp, but then, you know, the, the real game start and he's not a stat tracker anymore. Somebody else does it. Jalen went four for seven and seven on sevens today with four touchdowns. It, it It's, he said something on the radio. Jalen Hurts is everything the Philadelphia Eagles want from a franchise quarterback off the field. How about the play? We're, we're not even going to talk about the play. And I'm a Hurts guy. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Hurts guy. But, like, to talk about off the field, hey, he's, oh, he's every – like, that's going to be the differentiator? That's everything. That, on, that's everything man. that matters to this, uh, you know, this the, the mainstream sports talk in oh, this city. Dude, and kind of everywhere now. It's vomit-inducing Miles and, and Darius, Darius, you know. I mean, when, when did everyone become buddy-buddy with all these players? Is anyone? I mean, it used to be like Elway, Favre, Manning, Brady, Manning. Yeah. No, Jalen. Yeah, it's just. I mean, ultimately, I, I love the bone, and I think about it every day, and every time I think about our podcast, like that's why we're fucking here, man. Yeah. Like, 
maybe people like that and people want to listen to that, but like, I would rather sit and talk to you or talk to, you know, some of the people that we've had on or some of the people that follow us and listen to us and chop it up with them over a beer and, you know, put music on in my car than, than listen to that shit. You got a, this guy Seltzer, who I assumed was like 27. I assumed he was just like some young punk who was like an analytic punk. He's got a voice made for SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, Sp- SpongeBob yeah. SquarePants would be a perfect analogy. And he gets on the horn and he just starts yelling at Elliot Shore Parks. Oh, I don't know, Elliot. I think Hertz and Jalen's going to have a big year. And I think he's really going to prove it. And they're going to. And so they. It's never. it's never enough to talk about the teams, the athletes, the games. We always have to have this bullshit fan spin on it uh, on the radio, whether it be, what's your favorite movie? Oh, what, what's your favorite quote in a TV show? Well, this this particular sh- uh, uh, episode, they're talking about what's your favorite piece of memorabilia that you own? And uh, Seltzer, who I thought was 26, 27 with a SpongeBob SquarePants voice, is a uh, he's forty years old, and his wife got him. Doug Peterson wrote out the Philly special on a placard or something, and he wrote Philly Philly, and he wrote Philly special, and he signed it Doug Peterson, and those two are just like cranking each other off about how cool that memorabilia is for five fucking minutes on the radio as I'm stranded behind this Mitsubishi on seventy six. Yeah, I think like like I kind of enjoy when you and I talk about you know, lifestyle stuff or, you know, we, we debate about things that we, we differentiate on, uh, about like silly stuff that happens in real life, but not like what what our favorite piece of memorabilia is. And, and it goes on too long. That's, that's my problem with, with sports radio, like mainstream sports radio is that these guys are on there every day for four hours or for three hours, or they're on from 2am to 6am and, and they, they just got to fill time. Like, Hopefully we got some new people listening this week. Like, this is why we're here. We're going to give you what you need to know each week. You know, we'll have a couple chuckles, but we're going to just call it how we see it. And, and we're not, we're not going to fill it in with, with nonsense. Yeah. Guess what? If we, if we don't have enough things to talk about, what we do is we hit end recording. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and waste your fucking time talking about what's your favorite buddies movie. Uh, Mike from the Northeast. What's your favorite buddies movie? Uh, Hey, hey, Joe and Richie, it's Wayne's World. Uh, Wayne's World, <laughs> Wayne's World. What the fuck are we talking about here? Now, that's a, it's a good bone. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if maybe, like, those guys just nerd out a little bit. I mean, I feel like we nerd out a little bit, but, like, not to that extent. Not every day. Yeah, not not every day. Um, but, no, great, great bone, and... It's just more incentive for the people to turn on TFTS, man. That's it, man. So, obviously this week is the return of college football. And I couldn't be more excited. Uh, you know, motivation's low. Focus is low. A lot of, a lot of football content being consumed. We're, we're getting ready to go here. Penn State, Thursday night. We got a big slate, big Saturday slate. Um, but I think we mentioned it on our first episode back after the little summer hiatus, but Bama had a few successful win totals in college football last year. 
so I'm just going to throw it over to him before we get to the week one slate, before we get to the final four, before we get to our national champs, maybe some Heisman picks. Uh, how about a win total this season, Bob? All right. This one is a uh, – I don't know how to say it other than a stone-cold lock. There's a Philly connection, too. There is a big Philly connection. Um Before this season, there were three FBS teams that never faced an FCS opponent. Two of those teams are USC and Notre Dame. The third team, which will be playing Alabama State early in the season, and the FCS team is UCLA. Um, It's the first time, so get a load of this, they play this FCS team. Uh, They... They obviously, you know, play in the Pac-12. They're, they, that's their conference. They won't play a Power 5 conference team or Notre Dame in non-conference play. It's the first time that's happened since 1992. The first three games are cupcakes. I mean, literally, uh, I think Tasty Cake should be coming out with uh, Chip Kelly and UCLA-branded product because there's going to be so much fucking cream-filled cupcakes. It's uh, an easy 3-0 start. The Pac-12 stinks. USC, they're still a few years out. Take UCLA over eight and a half. They got the quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, coming back. Last year, they finished eight and four. It's their first winning season in six years. People recall that Holiday Bowl matchup against NC State. They had a big COVID outbreak, but the quarterback's back. He could have went to the NFL. Uh, you know, they say he would have gotten some looks, would have been picked, et cetera. I like UCLA. I like Chip Kelly. I like, hey, let's 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 return this return to this crosstown rivalry now that Lincoln Riley's in town. So take UCLA and the over. UCLA over eight and a half. Wow, I, I like it. Is, is Chip Kelly back? Like, are we are we going to see a full blown Chip Kelly? You know, can they win the Pac twelve? Well, funny you should get to that. UCLA Bruins, depending upon what sports book you look at, plus 900, plus 1,000 to win the Pac-12. Sprinkle some cash. It's another another one I'm giving out. That's Bob's, Bob's other future. Uh, I got one win total as well, and, and I, I like yours. I think, uh, I think the Pac-12 is a really interesting conference to watch this year. I think Utah is a good team. Obviously, you have Riley uh, and Caleb Williams and, and Addison – you know, some big transfers coming into USC. And Riley's had success. Uh, I believe he went to the the uh, college football playoff in his ter- first two seasons with the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, granted, he did take over for Bob Stoops, so that program was kind of in good shape. Not sure you could say the same about Clay Helton's Trojans. But, um, yeah, I mean, Oregon bringing in uh, Dan Lanning from Georgia, the D coordinator, looking at Chip Kelly, UCLA. Some uh, some interesting teams there, but I'm going to go to the Big Ten. And before I get to Penn State, I'm going to the Big Ten West. And I'm looking at the Golden Gophers of, Min- of Minnesota. Row the boat. Uh, P.J. Fleck, another bald, uh, goofy Big Ten coach. But I thought you were anti-Fleck. I kind of am anti-Fleck. <laughs> I'm just saying he's, he's very similar to James done. Franklin. He t- talks big game, doesn't, doesn't win a lot of big games. Um, but their win total for the season is uh, seven and a half. 
I like the over. I got the schedule in front of me. No Michigan, no Ohio State. Uh, first two games are cupcakes. Uh, they have to go to Michigan State. Uh, they have to go to Penn State. That'll be, I believe, that's the whiteout game. Not that that matters. Um, Iowa, Wisconsin. So those are four toughest games. They lose all four. They're still over seven and a half. And Minnesota's bringing back. Uh, I think his name's Tanner Morgan, quarterback. He's been there for Christ at least four years. So they got an experienced signal caller. You know, Fleck and the enthusiasm, rowing the boats, easy schedule. Uh, you know, the weak side of the conference. I like Minnesota over seven and a half this year. So I'm going to lock that one in. Uh, I like it. Any other futures? You know, win totals, or you just you just sticking with the Bruins? I'm sticking with the Bruins. I love the Bruins. All right. Well, before we get to uh, man, I'm I'm feeling the heat now because I've I've teased it and I haven't prepared it. This is this is live. You know, I've thought about this a lot. Uh, I have to give my Penn State game by game season prediction. Wow. Uh, last year they went, I think they went seven and five, and I think I pegged them at eight and four preseason. Pretty sure I had a week one loss to Wisconsin. Penn State won the game outright in Madison. But yeah, we're we're going off the cuff here. Uh, I I just look at this team. And I don't know what to think. The The win total sits at eight and a half. Under is a slight favorite. Obviously, they have Sean Clifford coming back. Fourth-year starter, sixth year in the program. James Franklin uh, working into his 10-year, you know, $80 million deal, $85 million deal, whatever that is. Uh, they bring in some some talented running backs. You have the, the Gatorade Player of the Year in high school, Nick Singleton from, I believe, Reading, PA. Should make an impact early and often. But... Uh, the, the big questions are obviously, as always, the offensive line. Uh, and then this year, it looks like the linebacker depth is a little thin. They got Jonathan Sutherland moving down from the secondary uh, to start at one of the outside linebacker spots. Uh, they have two kids battling for the middle linebacker middle linebacker spot. Not settled yet. Uh, secondary looks strong. But you also got to remember, uh, Manny Diaz taking over for Brent Pry. Went to Virginia Tech. Uh, Manny Diaz, first-year defensive coordinator. They say it's very, very similar scheme. That's why they brought him in. You know, keep all the same knowledge and, and terminology. But I think we're going to learn a lot Thursday night, and I, I think this year could could go either way. I think I think the win total is is set uh, at a very fair number. So I'll leave it at that. We're going to run through the schedule bomb. If you feel free to chime in at any point, I know you're, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not a fan or, or not. You're not a honk. I'll say that. I know you enjoy watching Penn State football. I love watching Penn State football. I, you know, you know why I love watching Penn State football instead of watching like the Philadelphia Eagles or the Phillies. When they win, it's great. When they lose, it's even better. Because I get to like rag on you, you know what I mean. It, you, when you see the Penn State honks and they're six and zero, seven and zero, you just know it's coming. It's yeah, it's always coming. I mean, they started last year five and zero. They were winning at Iowa, and then you get you get stuck with poor Taquan Roberson, who started for UConn on Saturday and apparently tore his ACL. So best uh, best of luck to him. But Thursday night at Purdue, I think Penn State's a three or three and a half point favorite. I I I don't know. I th- I think they're going to win the game. I'm pe- I'm picking them to win the game. Dude, what? I'm picking them to win the game. Look at the line. I I looked at the line. 
I looked at the line in Wisconsin last year, and they won the game. And I, I picked Wisconsin. I was on Penn State. Just to be clear, damn, you were. Yeah. Wow, you on, were man. believing, man. That's that's what I'm saying. I think I think this team is good before they lose, and I think. I know, I know we have our gripes with Clifford. He's not great. But when he was healthy last year, he, in the first five games, he played pretty well. I think he's not going to be rattled in the environment. And I, I think they win the game. I, th- I think Purdue's strength is, you know, airing it out. And I think one of the biggest strengths on the Penn State team is the secondary. I think Penn State ultimately pulls it out. So I got them at 1-0. Uh, game two, home versus Ohio. That's a win. Uh, and then they go to Auburn. War damn eagle. Uh, I think they win that game too. I I, I think it's going to be another another year where they start hot and then and then it crumbles. Oh my god! So three and zero through three. Uh, first Central Michigan at home. That's a win. First Northwestern at home. That's a win. By week uh, October fifteenth, they go to Michigan, the big house. That's a loss. Uh, oh really? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know too much about Michigan this year. Like I know that no Hutch, no Hutch, no Jabo. They're uh, McNamara and the other kid are, are splitting the first two games at quarterback starting. But I feel like Penn State doesn't want a big game at Michigan, and I can't even tell you the last time at Michigan. I have no clue. I don't think they do it. Uh, then they come home, the whiteout against Minnesota. What's that about? I think they lose that game. Why are they waiting out Minnesota? So that that game is set for a seven thirty kick, and then the next week is Ohio State, and that's rumored to be the big noon kickoff. And this is all speculative. They didn't want to have a whiteout for a noon game. I mean, that's the that's the. I mean, back in my day, back in my day. All right, the whiteout for the best team was for the most important game of the year at home. It had nothing to do. The only reason these games became primetime was because of the whiteout. Okay. The whiteout caused the primetime games. Now they're saying we'll play Minnesota at 7 30 PM on ESPN, the Ocho, and we're going to wipe that out. I mean, what the fuck are we talking about here? <laughs> I think that, I think that's a loss too. You, you I, you know, you, you looked at me funny for the hot start, but this this is what this team has done. Is Aller in? <laughs> Historically, uh, they've started hot. Then once they lose, they kind of crumble. I think they lose at Michigan. I think they lose the whiteout to Minnesota. And then I think they lose again to Ohio State. So at this point, they're what, 6-3? and three? They are 5-3. and 5-3. Is Aller in? Have we pulled the plug on Mr. Raising Kane himself? Yes. I, I actually think that would be the perfect time. You have four games left, Indiana, Maryland, Maryland, Rutgers, and Michigan State. You know, no world beaters in there. You can build a little confidence for the next year, and James Franklin can tell you we're going to be better next we're year. We're going to be better next year. No, we're going to be elite next year. Yeah, we're going to take the jump from great to elite. Well, we haven't been great in three or four years. Uh, at Indiana, win. Versus Maryland, win. At Rutgers, win. Set seven and three going into the last game at home against Michigan State. All the all the students, all the fans will be home. It'll be an empty Beaver Stadium. Thanksgiving break. I think they it's always a, lose that I game. think it's a loss. Yeah, they always I, lose. I that. think it's a loss. There's like flurries coming down. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a cop out. Uh 
going eight and four two years in a row on my pick, on my record, the chances of them losing three straight games does seem a little a little wacky, but it's kind of their MO, the hot start and the and then the crumble. So I got them at eight and four. Um but to be honest, I have a surprisingly good feeling about this team, but I need to see it. Before I can need to see from fourteen. Before I can bone up and you know pick them to go nine and three or ten and two. I think they I think they can. I wouldn't be shocked if they went nine and three or ten and two this year. You wouldn't be shocked if they went ten and two. I wouldn't be shocked. You got a head. Coach I would be pleasantly on national surprised. TV in a home game, punting on third down. Come on, man. What are we talking about here? It's better than Scott Frost onside kicking with a twenty eight seventeen lead. <laughs> Well, he knew you had the under, and he needed more points. Yeah, I know that killed, that killed me, man. That, that killed me. He, he heard G. He heard Critty. He said Critty said over, and then G said no, 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 under. <laughs> and Scott Frost heard it from all the way across the pond. He goes, whoa, whoa, we need more points. Onside kick. He he got it done. Yeah, that was dead in the third quarter, and it only won by eight <laughs> points. So eight and four for the Nets. That's what I'm going with. Uh, I've thought a lot about it over the the last few weeks, but I'm excited for Thursday night. I'll be happy to be proved wrong. I think, like I said, O-line, linebacker, the question marks, the quarterback. You like the secondary with Brisker gone? Yeah. Uh, Jair Brown is back. He could have been like a third or fourth round pick in the draft this year. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. is back. Uh, they have this kid, Kalen King. And uh, I think this kid, Zaki, Zaki Wheatley, is going to be the other safety. And then they have Daquan Hardy as the nickel guy. They have, they have a good secondary. I don't know, man. I felt like every every play where the defense had to have it last year and the defense bailed them out big, it was number one. Number one all over the field. Yeah. He, yeah, Br- yeah, Brisker, great player. I think I think Jair Brown will, will step into that role this year and perform, but it's a new coordinator. So so who knows? Turnover chain? There's just like too many, too many uncertainties for me to to bank on this team being nine and three or ten and two and winning a couple like big, big ass games because been quite some time um eight and four for penn state let's go to the final four and bomb we'll start with you uh mid-december rolls around conference championship week is over the college football playoff is set in stone who are the four teams going to be that are playing uh number one alabama number two georgia number three you mentioned the Big Ten, the West. You're going out west? Jump around. Wow. It's going to be one of those weird years. Remember the year where Michigan State won the Big Ten and got throttled by Alabama in the CFP? I like Wisconsin. I like what Paul Christ is doing. Uh, Frankly, I think Paul Christ is a better coach than, uh, than Franklin. Um, and I think the West is weak. I think I think uh, uh, your boy Ski Uma needs another year, another two years maybe. But I just think that that division is so weak. Uh, I think Wisconsin gets it done. And then number four, I think um, the Big Twelve is left out in the cold. I think the Pac twelve is is the team. Give me UCLA. Give me wow. ruins in the four spot. I like it, man. You you like to go out there. I went chalk last year. I think you had A&M last year. Did you have Cincinnati in last year? I had Cincinnati in. 
You're a wild man. I, I hope I hope you get one of those right because I feel like I got to go chalk again. Um, but to recap for you, and you you went in order too. I got to go in order. I mean, no, you know, I mean, no, those, that's your, those are your four. Bama, Georgia. Yeah, if I hit on three, I'd be ha- I'd be a happy Wisconsin man. and UCLA. Bomb loves the Bruins. I, I I I love the Bruins. Let me tell you something about the Bruins. The Bruins, I love. I mean, take out a second mortgage. Okay, interest rates are going up. Cash the Bruins. <laughs> uh, I got Alabama. The, like you had Nick Saban saying last year was a rebuilding year. You had the offseason tiff with Jimbo Fisher. Uh, you have Saban getting the new contract, getting the bag. Uh, they have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner back. Uh, I fucked this up two episodes ago. I called Will Anderson Will Robinson. I think. I think. Okay. We, uh. Will Anderson, probably the best defensive player in college football. They have him. They're stacked. Uh, when Saban says it's a rebuilding year last year and you lose the national championship in a, in a close game, uh, and then Jimbo Fisher is trying to light a fire under Saban, that's just a recipe for disaster for the yep. entire country. Alabama will make the college football playoff, uh, no doubt in my mind. Uh, number two, and I'm not going in order. I'm just naming four teams. Ohio State, uh, I talked about couple episodes ago, picking them over Notre Dame week one. They lost the game to Michigan, uh, didn't make the playoff, you know, early regular season loss last year. They got a new defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles uh, from Oklahoma State, who had one of the best defenses in the country last year. I think he straightens it out enough for them on the defensive side, and then they bring back one of the best offenses in the country. Uh, I think they breeze through the Big Ten. And you know they'll be they'll be number one or number two in in the final college football playoff rankings. Uh, number three, I'm going with the Georgia Bulldogs too, the defending national champs. Go Georgia Bulldogs! They're back. They're coming back. Interesting note about the Bulldogs. With all this crazy NIL shit, transfer portal shit, you know you can pack your bags and and be somewhere else the next day. Kirby Smart did not get one player from the transfer portal this offseason. And he lost five starters on defense to the first round of the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you about Kirby Smart? He's got he's got more dogs, man. He's building a well, not building, has built, as they say in the South, a program. A program. Yeah. That that just leads me to believe that, you know, he, he's got just another another crop of talent ready to play in the SEC East, the joke side of the conference. You know, you probably get another Georgia-Alabama SEC title. Loser is the four seed. Winner is the one seed in the playoff. Uh, Stetson Bennett back. You know, he delivered in the natty. He's back. I got Georgia. And my fourth team, I don't think it's Clemson. Um, I know people are high on their talent. I'm not high on the quarterback. I think we see the freshman early in the season once uh, DJ continues to stink it up. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Oklahoma or anybody in the Big 12. Um, I'm looking at the Pac-12 with you, Bob. And for me, it came down to Utah and USC. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not really a USC guy, but I look at all the players they added. I look at Lincoln Riley's early success in Oklahoma. 
and I look at the first six games on the schedule for the Trojans this year, you know, for a team that's new coach, a lot of new pieces, they don't, they play week two at Stanford, but what is Stanford anymore? Like their first six games uh, are kind of a breeze. And that's what like a, a team with new pieces needs. I think maybe they can get it together and make a run. Uh, but I'm going with Utah. I think you, you got Utah. Wow. Utah's my fourth team in the playoff. Uh, they got the quarterback coming back, Cam Rising, I believe is the name. Yep. Uh, got a good running back coming back. And I look at Utah, and I, I don't see your typical Pac-12 team. I see a team that is tough in the trenches, physical team. They dominated Oregon twice last year, I think. A lot of returning production. Just a good program out there. Uh, I think Utah gets off the snide for the Pac-12 Gets into the playoffs. So I got Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Utah. Um, and I'll, I'll go to my national champ. It's Alabama. Uh, like, well, yeah, because that's. <laughs> yeah, like it's. I, you you got to give it. Uh, I want to pick Ohio State, but I, I hope we get a Bama, Ohio State natty. I think that'll be. That would be a great game, you know, if the season unfolds the way everyone thinks it will. But I can't pick against Alabama. You know, whenever they don't win the Natty, they come back and win the Natty. And, uh, you know, grass is green, the sky is blue. I'm picking Alabama. I think you are too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, just take Alabama. You have a champion sans Alabama? You know, know, like a a runner-up or like a, you know, you can bet, you know, winner without strokes in the tour championship or whatever. I guess it would be Georgia if you get, if I get, if, if, if you had to, if I had to take something out of the four that I gave you, but. If we say Bama's out, then and if we say Bama's out, then that would tell me Bama didn't make the CFP. So then, my dark horse team. Then I guess you could say Sands Bama. If Bama was not in the field, if Bama didn't play a game this year, who would I pick to win the national championship? I'd pick a dark horse. I'd pick the Oxford of the South, Ole Miss, University of Mississippi. I like. The dark horse Heisman candidate, Jackson Dart, coming down south, uh, moving over from the Pac-12 down in Elaine Kiffin's offense. He's, he, he stocked the cupboard full of defensive players, knowing that he's got offense all figured out. I like Jackson Dart as a, as a Heisman candidate. So, Sands, Bama, if Bama wasn't playing a game this year, I actually like Ole Miss. Jackson Dart. Can I get a number on him? Let me see. Well, you're pulling J- up. Jackson Dart plus seven thousand to win the Heisman. Yeah, new quarterback at Ole Miss. I think he's going to be better than Corral. Right. Slot him right in. Okay. Uh, I don't. It's not a dark horse. My my champ, Sands Bama, is Ohio State, and I was close to, to picking them, even with Bama. Dark horse. People are high on Miami. I don't Dude, really. That is I, I don't understand why. And I'm just looking at like the odds here. I I I'll, I'll stick with Utah. Utah's my dark horse. I like Utah's dark horse. So first of all, they play on the road in the swamp. They're favored. Yep. Um, Game one. They have USC at home. Okay. Uh, you mentioned the quarterback. They have I think the top five or six five out of six pass catchers back. They have the running back back. Um. The head coach, we don't talk about the head coach enough. So you mentioned the team doesn't play. They don't play that Pac-12 style. They're, they're a tough team. In the last four years, Kyle Whittingham has a better winning percentage 
then listen to these four coaches. Ready? Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. Paul Christ. Mark Stoops. Who's the fourth man? James Franklin. James Franklin. <laughs> I love winning him. I love it. That's done. impressive. He's got a better winning percentage than Christ. Yep. In the in the Big Ten West. You know, that's baby shit soft. It's hard to do. Side of the conference. Uh I I'm gonna go CJ Stroud to win the Heisman. I think think he lights it up. I mean, I think Smith and Jigba is a good value bet. I think Travion Henderson's a good value bet, but ultimately it's it's a quarterback award. And my dark horse for the Heisman, I didn't pick them to make the playoff, but if Clemson is to get back into contention, I think they go to this freshman, Cade Klubnik, Klubnik, probably fudging that one up, plus 6,000 to win the Heisman. I'd take a shot on him. If, if you think Clemson gets back in the race, gets back in the national picture this year, uh, I don't think it's with DJ. I think it's with this kid, Cade. I'd sprinkle some money on him at plus 6,000 6, to win the Heisman. I don't hate that. Uh, if you get an anytime Heisman, you know, whether it's next year or the year after on this kid, I kind of like that as well because uh, you know where went to high school. You go to the prep? No, yeah, uh, no, yeah. come on, man. Well, uh, that big d- did he go to? Uh, is he from Texas? Drew Brees, and Nick Foles. That's right, folks. Yeah. Westlake High School, yeah. man. They just breed them down there. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, let's let's close it out. Fade the shade. Week one, like I mentioned at the top or, or earlier, we do have a celebrity guest picker this week. So right now, we'll send it over to him. All right. So before Bob and I get to our Week one college football picks. Uh, We'd like to send it over to a special guest, a special friend uh, of Thoughts from the Shade here. You know, you look at college game day, they have the Bear, Chris Falca, giving picks on the side every week. They bring in a special celebrity guest picker every week. Uh, But here at Thoughts from the Shade, we have one college football correspondent that we need to hear from going into week one. And his name is Chip with Chip's Picks of the Week. Chip, how are you? Uh, doing great, G. Thanks for uh, first and foremost, thanks for having me on the pod. Uh, you know, it's just a real honor to uh, chop it up with gentlemen that just keep it keep it real here on the pod. You know, we got a bunch of honks here in Philly, a bunch of frauds, and you guys just keep it real. So just just an honor to be on the pod today. Really appreciate it. Hey, yeah, th- thank you for joining us, and uh, thank you for the kind words. We're just uh, out here doing what we can. Uh, I, I I do got to mention, and I I think you got to pick on the game, fellow Penn State alum. How are you feeling about the season uh, that kicks off Thursday night? Yeah, you know, uh, expectations are super low. Uh, this this team is just really bad uh, all the way around. Uh, you know, you look up and down the schedule and you just see mediocrity. Um, you know, I think it's a it's a seven and five year maybe at best. I think we were destined to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, maybe the New Era Pinstripe Bowl, something along those lines. But you know, you'll have the Hawks cheering. We are and. And we're headed back for a CJF for another year, but you know we're stuck in mediocrity for the for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. But that's us as, as a squad. So, with with that logic and that uh, feeling heading into Week One, would would you play the under on the season win total of eight and a half? <laughs> yeah, that's a lock. You know, it's a lock, he right says. <laughs> it's, it's 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 really bad. This team's bad. As long as that fraud, we'll get to it a little bit later. But as long as that fraud is at the helm. You know, worried about raising canes. Uh, we're, we're in trouble as a, as a squad. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But I mean, let's just let's just get to the picks. Uh, you you sent me picks personally. Uh, you've been doing it for some time. Some some great video footage. We might have to share with our uh, social media media followers at some point. Uh, but you went one and one in week zero. Uh, we both rode uh, Northwestern Nebraska under. That was an L. Uh, but late night we had the Mean Green in North Texas uh, beating the UTEP Miners. I tailed you there. Uh, you got me my only win of week zero, so I thank you for that. But what are you looking at on this board uh, for week one? You got three games. Let's hear it. Yeah, so uh, welcome to Chips Picks of the Week. And we're headed to Pittsburgh to the old Heinz Field in what they like to call the backyard brawl. Uh, I, I think the West Virginia Mountaineers are a little underrated. I think Narduzzi's all chopping up about how great the ACC is. Not so fast. I like the Mountaineers to come in there with a little bit of a brawl, a little bit of a spirit. And I like the Mountaineers to cover the spread plus seven and a half. And I might sprinkle a little bit on the money line there. I think there's a lot of value. Wow. Potential outright in uh, out in Pittsburgh on Thursday night. Yeah. You know, that crowd won't be ready to go. <laughs> About three people in the crowd there in Pittsburgh. All right. I like it. What do we got for number two? Uh, number two, uh, the eight o'clock game, the prime time on Thursday night, uh, your Penn state Nittany lions headed up to West Lafayette against the Purdue Boilermakers. Um, honestly, I think this is a really straightforward, easy pick. Um, Purdue always plays well at home. Uh, and you know, Penn state's a bunch of frauds. And I think that uh, if you really think about this, it's Sean Clifford at the helm worried too much about unionizing the college football players and the raising cane sponsorship that he has. I think Purdue goes on, wins this game handily, pick six by Clifford late. I like Purdue money line plus one forty five outright. Oh my gosh. That that's gonna put a damper on this year for me, uh, very quickly if if that's what happens, but I could see it. I could totally see it. Um last pick for week one of Chev's picks. Yeah, um, I think we're going to head to the shoe here for this pick. Um, cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame. Wake up the echoes, cheer Notre Dame. Nope. The only thing the Irish will be waking up is to a sleeping giant in Columbus. The Buckeyes absolutely blow out the Irish. Ohio State wins by 24 to 31 points. I think this game is over in the mid-second mid quarter. Um, you know, I like the Irish. I'm a, I'm an Irish fan. I like Freeman, but they're not going to be ready for what's going to hit them um, in Columbus on on Saturday. It's a uh, it's a blowout. Uh, I like the Buckeyes huge. Uh, CJ Stroud goes off probably five or six touchdowns. Uh, Ohio State big. Wow. Yeah, I I totally agree. I call I called that out to uh, to our boy Bomb a few episodes ago when I first saw that line. Um, but yeah, he's a homer. I, he's, he's an Irish homer. Yeah. I, I saw today Marcus Freeman just learned about the point spread in the game and he was gonna write it down and take it to the locker room and sh- show the boys this week. So uh, I don't know if that makes me nervous or want to change my pick at all. But I think you you nailed it with the sleeping giant in Columbus uh, off of. A loss in the game to Michigan last year uh, came came back in the Rose Bowl to beat Utah, uh, bring it bringing back a ton of power on offense. Uh, I think they showcase it on Saturday night as well. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So I mean, I don't I don't like the Buckeyes, but I, I think it's a it's a hand it's a really easy win. So 
uh, yeah, that's three and zero. I'm gonna go. So you might as well just cash that ticket ticket now. Um, just wanted to give everybody some locks to start the year off well. So thanks hey, for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we we appreciate you coming on, dropping by, uh, giving some knowledge. L- like I said, uh, if you're all right with it, maybe uh, we'll we'll share some of the footage you send out throughout the season and, and potentially have you back on for some more picks. That sounds great. Thanks for all you guys are doing. Go state, go birds. God bless. Thanks, Jeff. We appreciate it. Take care, buddy. All right, and we'll thank our buddy Chip again for dropping by, hitting us with the week one picks of his week, little little three-game slate. We'll, we'll keep an eye on his picks, uh, and regardless of if he wins or not, maybe we'll, we'll have him back on because I still come on here every week and give losers, but we're, we're going to turn it around. One and two start in week zero. We just had to feel the board. We had to, we had to execute a few bets, put something in. I was a little worried. Be honest, when you started picking these games early in week zero, I was a little worried. I said, man, statistically, G's going to have a bounce back year. So I didn't fade you at all because I said, there's no way he can keep going at this rate. After week one, I'm fully prepared to fade you for the rest of college football. <laughs> I've seen all I need to see. That Northwestern Wisconsin, or that Northwestern Nebraska game is all I need to see. You, there's something about you, it's college football. It, you just you just breathe losers in college football, and uh, you know it's nothing against you. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, but I I'm fully prepared to bankroll the opposite of you this year. It paid last year. It'll probably pay again this year. But I do it for the love of the game, man. Like this this is what we live for. The summer ends. You know, you you, you hunker down locally at home. It starts to get cold. There's not a lot to do. You, you need action. You got to have action. You got you to gotta keep fighting. The only thing that sucks for my bank account is I have, obviously, we, we bet all these games. We're not just giving out picks. We bet all these games and then some, right? So, you know, if it was as simple as putting $10,000 in the sports book and just fading you, I would do it. But I also have to pick my own games because it would be very boring to hear, you know, me just fade you for the entirety <laughs> of an entire season. So... I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what the bankroll is going to look like. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But listen, I would encourage everyone here, just listen to what G has to say and do the opposite. Yeah, it's it's not bad advice. But like the NFL last year, I came back. I'm going to try to do it in college football in year two here. Uh, week one, we got two games Thursday night. And, and also for the record, uh, for week one, so we're going to go through what we think are the biggest games. And then I think going forward, uh, we'll pick our own games. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just go from there. Because last year we did all the big games. But, you know, Bomb found some value in some not-so-big games. So week one, we're going big games. Uh, going forward, TBD. Let's start Thursday night. Uh, Chip picked it. West Virginia at Pittsburgh, the backyard brawl. Uh, Kenny Pickett's gone. Pitt, preseason, number 17 in the AP poll, hosting the Mountaineers, uh, currently a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over-unders at 50-and-a-half. Uh, I'm with Chip. I'm taking West Virginia the points. I, I don't, you know, Pittsburgh breaking in a new quarterback, rivalry game early in the year. Uh, it's just uh, an easy take-the-point spot for me. And what's remind me of the line here? Seven-and-a-half. 
Pittsburgh's getting seven and a half. Now they're at home and favored by seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, what what are we? I don't understand that. So Pittsburgh's starting a new quarterback. Obviously, Pickett's gone. I told you I loved Pittsburgh last year. The best receiver's gone. He's transferred. West Virginia's got a former highly touted quarterback in JT Daniels coming to town. He didn't he didn't get any playing time last year, really, at Georgia when Stetson Bennett took over. What are we missing here, dude? I mean, that's screaming West Virginia. So for that reason alone and for the reason of you being on them, I'm taking Pittsburgh. I'm laying the seven and a half. All right. Uh I pick Penn State to win the game Thursday night. I'm gonna take him against the spread. Three, three and a half. I think it's three and a half at the moment. I'll I'll take Penn State minus three and a half. So I'll get, I'll give you Purdue. Yeah, I promise I'm not fading you here. I I really do like Purdue. Uh I like Purdue. Put me down for the um spread. Plus three and a half. I'll take that. Three in the hook. But off the record, I will be sprinkling some money line on Purdue. All right, that's off the record. That's just for the people. That's that's the insight. That's the extra extra that's little right. nugget you get for listening here, folks. Uh all right, let's go to Saturday. Now it's it's a good looking board, Bob, but like some of these marquee matchups, the spreads are big. Like so I would say week one, the games I'm looking forward to watching the most would be obviously the Penn State game and because I think it'll be a competitive game. Uh Cincinnati, Arkansas. Curious to see Cincinnati after the year they had last year. And you mentioned it earlier, the Utah-Florida game at 7 o'clock. Those will be the games I'm most excited to see because I think they'll be the closest. Um, Actually, I kind of think Arkansas might blast Cincinnati. But, you know, the the Georgia-Oregon, the Notre Dame-Ohio State, we got some big spreads out there. So, uh, yes, they're they're kind of the marquee names. But in terms of competition, I'm looking at a few other games. But let's start 3.30, bomb. Oregon, Georgia at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, uh, the preseason number 11 versus the preseason number three in defending national champ. Georgia, 17.5 point favorite, over-unders 52.5. Don't be a moron. It's the SEC versus the Pac-12. Crystal Ball's gone. Um I know they lost so many starters in the first round. Georgia, they get like you mentioned earlier. Next man up, take the dogs. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the dogs too. I I, I don't think like uh, I think his name's Travis Die was the running back for Oregon last year. Now he's over at SC. Like he's an impact player. I don't even think it would have mattered in this game. Just like too many moving pieces. New coach. I understand Lanning might have uh, some intel on, on Kirby Smart or anything, but. Look for Kirby Smart to do to his former assistant what Nick Saban does to most of his, and and that's just dominate. Uh, I got the dogs coming out strong in the title defense. Now I'm stunned here because uh, if we can flash back to last year, opening weekend, Georgia, Clemson. I believe your exact quote was, "The next game, the next big game Georgia wins will be the first big game Georgia wins." Is that? I was, man. That that was the truth. They hadn't won the, the Natty since what? The eighties? Nineteen eighty. Yeah, man. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm changing the tune. They, they wow. They earned it. 
Wow. And, and it's and also and, and you made the point. It's the fucking Pac-12. Yeah, they. You know, they're not. They're not playing. Uh, they're not playing Clemson again. They're not playing uh, Ohio State. They're playing. They're playing the Oregon Ducks. And they're not going. Oregon's not going to surprise anybody. You know, considering what they did to Ohio State last year, and they have a new coach. So yeah, I'd be shocked if Oregon scored more than seventeen points. I would be too shocked. Uh, also at three thirty, Cincinnati off the playoff appearance, uh, lost a lot of talent uh, to the NFL draft from that playoff team. Uh, at Arkansas, Razorback Stadium, uh, a lot of some people I've been reading little, you know, Arkansas sneaky sneaky team in the SEC. Minus six totals fifty two and a half. I got Arkansas. Ooh, pig suey. <laughs> the the love for Fickle and the Bearcats is run run dry. You think it's a, a one year stint? Fickle fucked me last year. Um, I gave him the benefit of the doubt all year. They got into the big game against Bama and they turtled. They did. We don't we don't forget. Seven p.m. Utah. To the Swamp at Florida, the Gators. Uh, Utah, three-point favorite. Totals at 50-and-a-half. A lot of low totals in these games. I guess they, they don't expect these offenses to come out flying. Uh, but, yeah, Utah minus three at Florida, 7 o'clock Saturday night. I'll let you go first. I'm, I'm going with Utah, man. They're, I picked them to make the playoff. Uh, they're my dark horse. For the Natty, even though, like, now I'm just thinking about saying a dark horse to the Natty, like, Alabama's going to win the Natty. Just to reiterate, uh, I'll go Utah. Utah minus three. I don't know what the hell Florida's doing. Uh, yeah, I, they're, they're just a mixed bag. I mean, I, they, they had Alabama on the ropes last year. I remember that. I, I don't know what's happened since, but ha- haven't gained enough uh, – you know, noise, noise for me, and I, I think the Utah team can play with an SEC team. They got the new head coach, right, Napier. You know, I like Utah. You know, I like Whittingham. Um, but I think it's become too much of the sexy pick, Utah. And I like them. Believe me, I like them. It comes down to a couple things here, right? Um, this game's in early September. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. Florida came up with Gatorade. The Utah guys will be dressed up in their white jerseys. You'll you'll see them. They'll be they'll be dropping like like soldiers. I mean, reaching for their calves. I'm cramping. Cramp, I'm cramping. I'm cramping. Meanwhile, Florida, with all the guys they have on the roster that have trained in the heat, lived in the heat, grown up in the heat, played in the heat. They'll be just fine. It's an SEC team. Don't overthink it. SEC versus Pac-12. Take the SEC. Florida and the points at home. I like that pick. I, I'm excited to watch that game. I think it's going to be a, one of the best games of the opening weekend. Uh, one that I made known a few weeks ago that I don't think is going to be one of the best games of the weekend, uh, the Golden Domers, Marcus Freeman, and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish go to the horseshoe at Ohio Stadium to take on the Buckeyes, Ryan Day's Buckeyes, bringing all the power back. Lines up to 17. I think when I picked the game a couple weeks ago, it was 14 and a half. 
Yeah, and we're going to have to keep you at the 14 and a half because I think you locked it in then. So let's just be very clear. Let's go. Locked it in at 14 and a half. I'll give you that benefit of the doubt um, because you did lock it in in the moment. Let's go. But I'll take the extra couple points there. (laughs) Take Notre Dame. You, that's that's a, that's, that's absolutely fair. We'll we'll hope for a middle. Um, yeah, se- seventeen looks like a big number now. Uh, I don't like what I, I go on the record. So a couple couple weeks ago, we talked about Freeman and how I like what he's building, what he's doing. Blah blah blah. Comes out this week, and you said it uh, earlier. You know, someone asked him about the spread, and then he says, "Oh, this is going to be bulletin board material. We're going to talk about it all week." You're not. You don't like that. No, I'll tell you why. It would be bullet bulletin board material. It would be talk about it all week material if this was like in November, October. You have had, or should have had, this fucking game in the horseshoe circled since you walked off a terrible loss against Oklahoma State. I, I don't know what extra motivation you need. You've been punked on the big stage at every turn, from the BCS to the college football playoff. Everyone punks you. You have the conference realignment. You're still independent. You got the NBC money, and you got to go on the road into the horseshoe in Columbus, and you mean to tell me that just now, the week of the game, you're getting bulletin board material? Buddy, the whole fucking program should have bulletin board material about how shitty they've been for the last 20 years, really since Lou Holtz left. Um, I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way. It kind of made me question what the hell this guy's talking about. Wow. Am I wrong? Hey, I, I respect you for keeping it real. I know you're a Notre Dame guy. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame guy. <laughs> I mean... By the way. Hey, I, I didn't post the video with the jersey and, and the clip from Rudy, man. Oh, well, you know, I got caught up in the moment. As you know, as you know, I'm an anti... It's not that I'm so much a Notre Dame guy. It's that I'm an anti-Brian Kelly guy. Um, so, let me... So, you, yeah, you were fired up when let me read he was this. gone and free. So, let me, let me read you this and get your thoughts on this one. And this is... And then we'll, we'll get back to the picks, but... Lou Holtz, this is this is as of today, the August 29th. While talking to reporters this week, former Notre Dame coach Lou Holtz shared that while Brian Kelly was at the helm at Notre Dame, Holtz wrote him several letters over his tenure as coach. Unfortunately, Holtz said he never got a response. And here's Holtz. I wrote Brian Kelly maybe eight positive letters during his time at Notre Dame. And I go to the mailbox every day hoping I'm going to find an answer. He never responded to one of them, but that's his choice. I mean, that is unbelievable. <laughs> he was there for 12 years. He bolts to LSU, and he just, like, totally punked Lou Holtz. I mean, it's no wonder this program is in disarray. Yeah. Was, no. that, was that Did I just punk Lou Holtz, unfortunately? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, th- I thought that was the live clip of him reading it. Okay, good, good. Uh, no, nah, everybody knows Brian Kelly's a scumbag. I mean, p- potential murderer. Uh, you know, he he developed the the Bayou, the Southern, or you know, whatever kind of accent. My family. You, whatever, whatever kind of accent you want to call it. You know, he, once he got off the plane from from Indiana to Louisiana, he, he had the accent. He, he's an asshole. Um, so it's just an unbelievable. St- yeah, Lou Holtz is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's a legend. It's it's unbelievable. I don't even I don't even know what to say. It does I'm really not that surprised though. It's Brian Kelly. Yep. Guy's a jerk off. Uh speaking of Brian Kelly, <laughs> Sunday night, 
you know. Uh, week one, week one, you get Sunday night. I think you get Monday night too. Uh-huh. Labor Day. It's the best weekend. Of the, I'm sorry. I don't care about the NFL. Best weekend of the year. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Uh, Florida State, the Seminoles, they beat Duquesne in week one. Uh, they go to the Superdome, neutral site game, to play Brian. Atlanta? Yeah, uh, to play Brian Kelly. And, oh, no, not Atlanta, Superdome, New Orleans. How was that neutral site? I mean, it's in Louisiana. But it's not a you know, uh, Baton Rouge or whatever it is. So yeah, I, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a home game for LSU. Maybe Brian Kelly's already working the schedule. He's got, he's got uh, yeah. se- seven home games probably. Yep. Seven and five, uh, LSU minus three hosting Florida state at the Superdome. Uh, you're going first. I've, I've gone first on the last few. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, I want to, gamble with emotion that never turns out well um so my my gut is telling me my heart is telling me take florida state my brain is telling me take the bayou Bengals. um no team has done more to upgrade a quarterback than the bayou Bengals. they got rid of that punk loser with concrete feet max johnson now that punk max johnson transfers over to a&m didn't even win the fucking job. So it tells me all I need to know. He was a stiff. He was a bum. The other kid, Brennan, who's got the raising canes, all the gear. He's got all the stuff, all the NIL money. He retired. You know, we doesn't play football CT, anymore. Whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, they got a new guy. I don't know who he is, but I can tell you he's got to be better than those two guys. <laughs> so I like LSU. <laughs> oh, man. It's, uh, we're getting, you know, we're, we're getting through these picks and it makes me nervous. I think about week one last year. I think about one and five. <laughs> uh, I think I went five and one, didn't I? Probably. It was hot. Yeah. I'm just looking at the picks I wrote down so we can post later. I'm I'm looking at I I don't know anything about this game. Uh I'll take Florida State though. Wow. I think I think uh, the one thing I, I did read about Brian Kelly is his teams get better as the year goes on. Um like I think I think they're on the docket for big upset in November, you know, stunning somebody. But that line, I mean, Florida State, they lost to Jacksonville State last year. Yep. I don't know what they've done. The line stinks. Yeah, like, that team hasn't been very good for for a little while, and LSU's only favored by three at home. Give me the Knowles, man. Let's chop it up. Florida State plus three. I knew Um, you were going to chop it up, G. Yeah. I mean, I still got to let you go first. But G you, loves the chat. You always know where I'm going. Yeah, I think I bet them last year against Notre Dame week, week one, and they, they got fucking blasted, I'm pretty sure. Or no, I think that game went to overtime, but regardless. Uh, yeah, that'll do it. Fade the shade week one. We got ch- Chips picks week one. Uh, exciting times. Exciting times. NFL next week. You know, we'll we'll look back on week one in college football. We'll look forward to week one in the NFL. Uh, and hopefully I'll have some money left by the time we get back on the mic. I was at the grocery store earlier today, you know, dragging a cart around, picking up milk and essentials, et cetera, snacks and Doritos and all the crap. And uh, I kid you not, this isn't a joke. This is dead serious. I'm stammering around the aisles mindlessly. Just walking aisle to aisle, like like the, the snake video game on the cell phone back in the day. Up this aisle, down that aisle. And I found myself singing a song, G. And it wasn't 
the right time of year to sing the song, but I was singing it. I found myself singing it because I was thinking about this segment. I was thinking about football. I was thinking about what's coming, the fall, the whole thing. <laughs> I was actually singing mindlessly. Didn't even click in my brain. It's the most wonderful <laughs> time of the year. I mean, I was fired up. It is, man. I, I'm I'm feeling it. Uh, I'm surprised I went eight and four on Penn State because the last few days I've been consuming everything. And I guess when you listen to a 36-minute James Franklin press conference, it doesn't really inspire much. And maybe that's why I went eight and four. But, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Uh it's great that, that we got big games Thursday night, big games Saturday, big game Sunday, and, and a little little taste for Monday. It's just it's gonna be a treat. We'll be back to uh to recap and we'll look forward to week one in the NFL and give a little preview for the Eagles. So anything else for you? That's it, G. All right, well best best of luck on the wagers. Uh best of luck to all the listeners on their wagers. Uh I don't know if I'd recommend tailing me, fading me. I mean, I'd probably recommend fading me. Bob's pretty good in college um, for all the new folks out there. But do what feels right in your heart, in your head. We're all just a bunch of schmucks enjoying uh, the football and the gambling. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, We will talk to you next week. 